Hey everybody, welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm Bo Nellis, and this is my podcast. I like to open things up with a section I call Stoner Moments, uh, where I address things from past episodes. And in the last episode, the only thing I know to speak about, because it's the only thing I wrote down, was that I was using a THC lotion to address the bruising of the uh, the black eye on the the side of my nose there. I think I might have said inside of my nose. It wasn't the inside. It was like the inside of my eye socket, uh, which is a really unsightly place for it. And it seems to be helping, but my sinuses are fucking insane right now. So I've actually been continuing to use the Suze, and I think it's really, really helping. I've actually got another friend using the Suze too, and she's noticing a huge difference. So I think that's uh, two success stories right there. And I like to say that this is not a pleasant experience for me, uh, the whole using it this way, but... Uh, you just breathe through your mouth and keep breathing through your mouth. Do not try to breathe through your nose when doing this. And, uh, in the end, this is the only 12 hour nose anything that's ever worked for me. So I'm going to keep doing it. Now I'll, I'll stop talking about the suits and that's not paid content. Um, I should actually talk to her and be like, Sue, Sup? I could really use some more product. Um, I just, uh, I just love the stuff so much. THCA, incredible. And if you are suffering like I am, please don't suffer. At least don't suffer very much, and don't suffer for very long. So we're just gonna move right into today's topic, which is. The Latino community and cannabis and and how we can continue to educate them. And one of the things that uh, I really want to do, I I mentioned a couple podcasts ago that I noticed I was getting traffic from other countries. And while I don't have the ability to get podcasts out there in a lot of different languages right now, I know that I have at least one resource to help me get some really good information out there in Spanish. And that is through my friend Yami. I met Yami through ASA, through Unity 2014. That's when we first met each other. And she is an organ transplant recipient, uh, a political activist, especially with GLACA, and uh, is also a dispensary owner. So she is full of all kinds of stories. And she definitely shares a lot with us and then hints at some unshared ones that seem very intriguing. Uh, also listen for a trick for, for some hash oil if you, uh, you have a problem with getting it too thick and, and not having necessarily a rig. Uh, I know people talk about putting it in papers a lot and I always wondered how was best to do that. Well, she's going to tell you how. You got to listen. Uh, but we are going to try and figure something out that we can get at least a, a basic uh, core something to put out there to the Spanish-speaking community. And for those who have Spanish-speaking relatives or friends as a resource that they can share with them, 
there probably won't be as much cussing as there usually is. There probably will be a whole lot less weed smoking too. But uh, I can't promise no cussing. I'm just really excited to, to move forward with this. I mean, one of the biggest reasons why I started the podcast was because I really wanted to put the information that I felt had to be out there to make the kind of changes that I know need to, to be implemented for the benefit of everyone in the future, honestly. And uh, Yami is totally down to help me out with that cause. Oh, and you won't need to speak Spanish in order to get some of this. Uh, that uh, There's like one thing that I translate, one phrase that she says in Spanish, and we throw around a couple other things, but nothing that's vital or, or important to anything if you don't speak Spanish. Just sit back and enjoy the stories. Quiet down, turtle. Damn. So without further ado, here's Yami. Mucho gusto. All right, everybody. I'm here with Yami. And uh, how you doing, Yami? I'm doing pretty good today. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, running around like a chicken with no head. You are a very busy lady. Yes, yes, yes. I am. And I'm an old lady, too, so it's starting <laughs> to catch up with me. <laughs> um, so... We were talking about the Latino community and why it's so hard to educate them and why we should be out there educating them, right? So Absolutely. Um, just for starters, um, when I had my liver transplant 19 years ago, um, I laid in bed for four years after the transplant uh, because the doctors in the hospitals couldn't give me any medicines to help me get better or, you know, to overcome the transplant, you know, and all the effects of it. And four years after the transplant, I, you know, was handed a joint and, and told to smoke it. And I begrudgingly did. And it was the first time that I felt any kind of comfort since the transplant. And when I was a little girl, and I, used, I got my period when I was eight years old, and I used to have the worst cramps. And my mom, she would take care of me, you know. But the thing that she did that gave me the most comfort was that she would rub the bottom of my feet. And her hands touching my feet just, like, was comfortable. It just, I, you know, it was like love. And, well, that first joint that I smoked after the transplant was like my mama rubbing the bottom of my feet. Oh. Because it was the first time since the transplant that I, I kind of like let my, I exhaled and let my shoulders down, you know, like I had relief, you know, yeah. and, and, and something that I had not felt. So and that was your first time that smoking was, ever? No, 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 or, no. Okay. I smoked when, I, now when I was in high school, because, you know, I went to Catholic school, my parents were very strict. Me I waited, too. <laughs> I waited till I got married and they couldn't tell me shit, right, to, <laughs> so pot, <laughs> and, and and we liked it, and you know, I mean, I remember the first time I smoked honey oil. Um, I was 19 years old, and we were on our way to a Led Zeppelin concert at the Forum, and you know, I saw them, you know, like melting the honey oil. They first they warmed up the bottle, and then they poured some of it, or you know, a couple of drops of it into a spoon, and then they warmed up the spoon, <laughs> and then. They they took the paper and they rubbed it on the spoon and got all the honey oil in the spoon. And 
I mean, it was a freaking process. I looked, this is like heroin to me. Right, yeah. I've never seen nothing like that, you know. I've never used and so, food with weed. Yeah, no. And, and so, yeah, and that was the first time I saw that Zeppelin, and that was the night that I that we I smoked honey oil for the first time. So, yeah, I was high, okay? Right. I, and we were drinking, too. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I was 19 years old. I was, you know, partying. And so, like, whatever I felt... That first day that I, whenever I smoked pot or when I, the first day I, I smoked the honey oil, along with the alcohol, probably just made me feel really like, mm, you yeah, know. Yeah, it was just, it was a party thing yeah, for you. Yeah, it was a you. party thing. You were, you're too young to need it for medicine. No, no, <laughs> yes. I mean, I, and so that's why I was like, because, you know, my friend, she was like, come on, smoke a joint. And I was like, Why? I don't get it. I have a 13-year-old daughter. Well, I'm going to smoke a joint? Well, I'm going to regress? Right. Like, You're going to give me a beer, too? <laughs> I know. It's like, what? You know, exactly. And and um, and um and she was, like, adamant. She goes, Yami, you don't understand. I get the worst migraines. This is the only thing that makes them go away. Yami, you don't understand. You Just try it. Just try it, you know? And I was, like, reluctant because, like I said, you know, I never... But I... When I did, I, 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 probably the thing that it did the most was that first uh, joint with her in the garage because we went and snuck, you know, to the garage to do it. Yeah. We were adult women, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> you feel guilty and ashamed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we went, we went to the garage and we smoked a joint. And I think that probably what it did the best because it was Granddaddy Purple, mm. and so that's been like my my favorite strain, you know, forever now, because. It, you know, it, 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 I guess it calmed me down. I don't know. It just like I felt so good. <laughs> it I relaxed like, your whole body. It did. It relaxed my whole body. And the thing with the Granddaddy Purple is that it does help with the stomach situation. And that has always been my main thing. With the, um, the ProGraph is the anti-rejection medicine that mm -hmm. I have to take um, in order not to reject my organ. And I'll have to, like, take it for the rest of my life. That just tears up my stomach, you know what I mean? I usually don't eat but once a day, and mm -hmm. so... So, I, I just want to clarify, this is more for stomach pain than nausea, necessarily. Yes, I okay. think that is for stomach pain. At least that's how it worked on me. But, you know, everybody's different. And yes. so, like, when I worked behind the counter at the store, you know, it's like people, I would say, and it's true, you know, this is what this does for me, exactly. okay? So, if you want to try it, and see if it works for you the same, then, you know, I can't guarantee that this is what you're going to feel, but this is what it does for me. Right. So, like, if you were talking, like, a strong sativa or a strong indica, then you can say that, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, this is going to work. If that's what you want, this is going to work because it works on me. And I tend to have a high tolerance. So, yeah, the Granddaddy Purple was for pain and for swelling because all cannabis helps in the swelling yeah. department. So, And I think with the transplant, um, the swelling is, is what... Um, you know, the organs t uh, touching each other is what makes you feel nauseated and dizzy and, you know, and then that causes you to swell and, and the swelling gives you pain. So, yeah, the Granddaddy Purple was good medicine for your awesome. stomach. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I, so, so your mind was blown. Mm -hmm. um, and how, so did that prompt you to become the activist? Well, no, 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 no. I... <laughs> Well, no, yeah, when I got better, yeah, because I then that was it, you know, I, I look for it then, I talk to my friends about it, you know, um, and I started using it on a regular basis. Then, you know, well, we went to, the, the first dispensary I ever went to was the Yellow House, right, and, and from that point on, 
you know, asking questions and, and then wanting to serve the community in a respectful way to cannabis, you know, led me to open, you know, my own dispensary. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we're Latinos. Right. Did and, you find a lot of resistance, like trying to oh my God, tell your friends? Oh, my friends, my family, my friends were like cool. Most of my friends were cool with it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, they would be my friends, right? I mean, some people were like, you know, like, what? But, but you know, whatever. Word. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what you going to do? This is what it is, you know. Or surprise when, like, mm -hmm. actually, you know, we opened the dispensary. And my, 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 some of my family find out. And, and it wasn't like they stopped talking to me like they wouldn't talk to me if they saw me. But, like, I no more phone calls, no more invitations to gigs, you know. Like, it yeah. was just kind of like... And then, kind of hear your ears ringing. Yeah, and yeah. Some and, whispers at your back. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, no, and I actually heard some real mm -hmm. gossip yeah, yeah. <laughs> about what they were saying and stuff. I had an aunt in Costa Rica that was watching the news, um, Telemundo, at, having lunch, and, and I came, they, there was an interview with me, and, and, and uh, my aunt went to her bed sick because, you know, like, her, she couldn't believe that my parents had made the sacrifices that they had made to, you know, bring me to the United States for a better life, and there I was slinging weed in the streets of LA. Right. <laughs> you know, and that's I think what she got out of the interview. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, and I think that's that's uh, an important facet of what becomes hard to educate the Latino oh, community yeah. is you... the immigration thing and mm -hmm. the strive for a better life and then the the label of drug on top of yeah. it. I think that um, everybody in Latin America knows that um, that the United States or Americans or the government, whatever do not appreciate the Mexicans that, you know, uh, import all the weed that we smoke over here, you know? It's like, yeah, I know, because it's all Mexico's yeah, fault. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is that nobody wants to be a Mexican that looks like they smoke pot because then they're associated with being, you know, like... Cartel. Yeah, or, yeah. or whatever, you know? So, yeah. so if you're not in it, then you're the fucking far against it as much yeah. as you can and everybody knows it because that's what your stand is you know so mm -hmm. it, you know and then there's been so much terrible propaganda you know people believe it you know and there's nobody you know speaking the truth mm -hmm. you know but there is now thank god because, yeah. yeah there's a lot more truth coming out but you're still fighting propaganda and in latin america you're immigrants the ones that are here now and, and they just immigrated well it's because things weren't so hot at home which includes me and, and my family, you know. If my mom and dad had been doing excellent in Costa Rica, then we wouldn't come to the United States. What the hell for? Speak another language. There wasn't even black beans here when my mom and dad came. <laughs> you know, so... Oh, my God. So, so you don't do that because you want to. You know, yeah. you do that because you have to, and you're looking for a fucking better life, you, mm -hmm. and you are. And so... You know, you, you, you work as hard as you do to gain the respect that you gain by being, a, a you know, a, a citizen that contributes, that's a homeowner, that, you know, you're living the American dream. You don't want fucking be no Mexican that smokes weed. And, and, and the problem is that we're all Mexican mm -hmm. to the people yeah. that are going to, you know, look at it that way. Exactly. We're all Mexican. So it doesn't matter where we come from, you know, so you have to live that life and... And you believe the propaganda, you believe it. Look, my mother and her youngest brother, his name was Danilo, and he was an educator. He went to college and he got his degree and became an educator. And Costa Rica education is like the big thing, right, to mm -hmm. do. And 
And so he was very bohemian. So he moved to the border of Panama and Costa Rica, stayed on the Costa Rican side. And, and he started a school that didn't exist before he started it, right? To educate all the little kids in the jungle that nobody wanted to go there to educate them, you know, and, but he was there. He was a great man, you know, he was a great man. He, he had eight or nine kids and he educated them all and they're all professionals. They left the jungle, they didn't like it there, I guess. <laughs> but he died in the jungle. He loved it there, and, and, and he, as far as I'm concerned, made a, a great contribution to the area that he lived in, or just the world, by being the humanitarian that I feel, the educator that he was. Yet, my mother loved him, and everybody loved him. But when we were little, and you know, I, I came over here when I was about two and a half, so like when we were little, like when I was like six and seven and eight or nine, ten years old, and we would go back to Costa Rica to visit, We'd stay three months, and my uncle would eventually come down to see his mom because, you know, he lived in the jungle, but at least once a month he'd come see his mom while she was still alive. And so we knew we were going to see him, you know, and we did. And my mom would tell us that not to be alone in the room with him because, you know, he smokes marijuana. And so that's ugly. Yeah. That's really ugly. That's tragic. So, yeah. And so, but that's the way she was raised. You know, that's not her fault. Yeah. I mean, even then when she said it, it was like, wow, what does marijuana make you do? I mean, you know, I mean, I'm 10 years old and she's telling me, you know, not to stay in the room by myself, by myself with them because he smokes marijuana. You're like, oh, Ray. So what's he going to do? Turn into a monster? So even me. Yeah. Growing up thinks that marijuana is a bad thing. I don't even know what the fuck it was. You know, I mean, for the longest time. Now, can I ask, like, because as a white person growing up in a drug, in the drug war, like, you get the reefer madness and, and it's very much a a scare tactic using minorities. And I, I wonder what kind of propaganda was directed at the Latino community during those times. Because I didn't speak Spanish when I was younger. No, but, you know, reefer madness, that's like kindergarten. (laughs) You know how Latinos, their uh, uh, soap operas are like so dramatic. Yeah, you don't even have to. Is. You don't even have to know what they're saying to know what the hell's going on because they're so dramatic. They well, say Armando taught me Spanish. <laughs> yeah, Reefer Madness Latino style oh. times five. It, it, you know, it, yeah, it just, they, just, they take everything to the wall. You know, that's like, true. That's there's true. no like, you know, middle ground with Latinos. Either you hate it or you love it. Either it's bad or it's good. Mm-hmm. There's no in betweens. There's no gray areas. Yeah, it's villain. No. You're a villain. Yeah, or yeah. You're a hero. So, so yeah, and I'm very happy that you know um, that's changing. Um, there's countries in South America and Latin America that are now, you know, uh, legalizing medical marijuana and decriminalizing. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going back to Costa Rica on July 26th to be the keynote speaker for a medical marijuana conference in Costa Rica, you know, because they're going to pass a law in August. Hopefully they pass a law and hopefully by, yeah, the education that we bring to them. Don Duncan's going with me too. So I feel like I have a really good patient advocate. and Yeah. Does Don get... speak Spanish? No, but they're going to have an interpreter for Oh, okay. Him, you know, I mean, so, like, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he did yeah, if he either. Did, yeah. but... No, and he understands, but mm-hmm. I mean, not enough to, like, stand up in a conference and, you know, yeah, give yeah. a thing. But they have translators and stuff. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I'm real excited about that. And my sister just got back from Costa Rica, like, a couple of weeks ago, and she said everybody's so excited about passing it for medical reasons. 
So, you know, I'm, that's good. I'm yeah, glad. That's, that's great. Happy. <laughs> but then Costa Ricans have not been the victims of the drug war. They just haven't. You know, in Costa Rica, I guess it, it's it's like a stopping ground or like, you know, they're, the, the ships anchor there and mm -hmm. they spend the night and have a good time and then they go on their merry yeah, business. Yeah, it's a tourist. Yeah, it's so a it's tourist all thing. retail. And, and, yes, and not only that, they, there's no military. So there's nobody, you know, there's no time for anybody to be, you know, looking into anybody else's business, so to speak. You know, they're all about peace and love and getting drunk, right? <laughs> so, so it, it, you know, they have not been victims of the drug war. They haven't, yeah. you know. There's not been any shootouts in Costa Rica. There's not been any murders like the cartels, you know, the governments. But because there's... Yeah, yeah, it is kind of a safe it's, it's haven a, it for is growers. A, for, and and yeah, everybody, areas. yeah, mm -hmm. because nobody... They're like, as long as you're not killing people... Or, you know, hurting children, because that's the main thing over there, is not to hurt the kids, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, then, then you're good, you know? And, and, and so now they're, like, going to make it legal because they see that there's so much benefit to it. I'm so happy and proud. You know, I'm, I'm happy and proud that my country, the country that I came from, is, is, is intelligent enough to see the future and know what's good for it. And I'm proud to go back and... And, and, you know, and share with them that I knew it all along. Right, right. I knew it from that first joint after that horrible experience. Yeah, yeah. So so, so what's, um, what's being done right now to kind of help? Uh, so if there are uh, people listening who have parents who are Spanish-speaking or other family that are Spanish-speaking, what kind of resources are out there that they can direct them to and what kind of organizations are out there really laying down some good education? Okay, well, we developed a, a program with ACE that's called El Remedio. So it talks about, um, it's a little short film animated in Spanish that talks about California and how to get a, a letter of recommendation and what it is and how the medicine, it's a really cute little film. Okay. And then the extended part of it would, is, is actually a video where um, we show medicine that's derived from, from uh, marijuana. We don't show in any way, shape, or form anybody smoking at all, nothing. Okay. We show the plant. Here's the plant. See how pretty it is. Right. Okay, now we made all these other things from this plant, but never do we show anyone smoking because for some reason... You know, in the surveys that we've done, in the conversations that we've had, smoking marijuana, the idea that they see smoking, not just because it's smoking and smoking is bad for you and it's unhealthy no matter what you're smoking, right? But that that is a very derogative, you know, mm -hmm. view. And it makes you look lazy and like a criminal. I don't know how all those It plays into that, that racist yeah, bullshit. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, um, so everything but smoking. So, you know, yes, this is a marijuana medicine and it comes from this plant that you see right here, but this is what it can do for you, you know, and it's not going to make you high or it can make you high or, you know, just explain to them yeah. what the medicines are and what they do and, you know, how they don't cross with the other medications that they're taking. And it's important, I think, for the Latino community because, look, we're all diabetics. We all have high blood pressure. It's like... All of us, you know, and mm -hmm. except the ones that take good care of themselves, and there's not that many of us because we all like to eat. That's right? the truth, you know. And the ones so, who've been smoking the weed all the time, anyway. Yeah, so, <laughs> right? um, yeah. They always have a layer about it. It's okay. Yeah. So, um, um, we, we need to, what was I? I forgot. Oh, oh that's okay. Uh, you were talking about Eromedio and, yeah, and oh, focusing yeah. on, on, 
everything other than smoking. Smoking, because smoking is so, it looks so, you know, negative mm-hmm. and stuff. So right. anyway, um, I think that, and then the way that it's, the, the, this program we did, it was like for like 10 people to get together in somebody's living room, somebody tell their story, and then and show the medicines, you know, like mm-hmm. the sprays and the creams and stuff, not hand out joints, you know, but... Um, to show them, you know, like yeah, like, yeah, that this works. And look, it did make you high. Oh, does your foot hurt? Here, put the cream on, put on the spray. Two hours later, you're still there because you're talking about stuff. And guess what? It didn't make you high. But yeah. guess what? Your ankle doesn't hurt anymore. Exactly. And so, wow, that's medicine. Like magic, right? you know? You don't even smell like yeah, weed. Exactly. <laughs> so I think that um, Latino, Latino women like to feel and touch smell and and know for themselves what the hell is going on but once they know and they have that information then there's no stopping them they're the best teachers for the community because then they're the ones that control the information that's going in and out of their home they control they 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 inform the men Mm -hmm. which if we can educate the women about how the men should just throw their shit in the trunk instead of you know like smoking joints while they're driving and getting busted and then going to jail because they don't know how to keep their mouth shut it, it, it's very true yeah so not only does this program potentially educate not potentially is educating you know the latino women because that's where it's directed to the you know the woman is the one that controls the household yeah, they're the, the caretakers. Woman, and they're the caretakers so they're the ones that should know this stuff right because not only that you know things like teas things like simple mm-hmm. sprays on burns you know Things that people have, I'm I'm allergic to everything there is in the world. It just I, I I when I was younger I was very allergic to a lot of things, but after the transplant, you know, like I can't eat avocados, I can't eat bananas, I can't eat mangoes, all this shit I grew up eating. I used to do avocado tacos with a little salt. Amal, <laughs> you just took like three of my favorite foods oh, out yeah, of the yeah, equation. Yeah, yeah, and and depending on there, there's something with the fresh uh, fruit enzyme. So, like, depending on how my body is, my metabolism, like, cantaloupe, I can eat, it never hurts me. But, like, grapes, grapes sometimes itch my mouth. Like, when I'm eating them, so I just eat one and wait and see. Okay, that's good. Okay, eat another one, wait and see. <laughs> okay, this is good. You know, because sometimes, you know, I get a reaction, so, I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm slow. Because I'm scared because it hurts. I don't like the reaction that I get, yeah. the allergic reaction. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, what was I? <laughs> that's okay. We're still talking. That's okay. We're mm-hmm. still talking about education mm-hmm. uh, with the Latino community, and and this is something that's really important to me, which is the history of cannabis as a medicine within Mexico and within all of Latin America. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. My, my dad. My dad. When we were little. These stories, I tell them so much now. You know, I feel like I'm boring, but they're not boring. I don't yeah, think. Yeah. Everybody's hearing it for the first yeah, time. Yeah. So, <laughs> my dad. My mom and dad, when we were young, my mom and dad would have arguments, right? So, you know, you, you listen, you hear, you don't say shit, you just listen, right? But the big fights, the big ones, my mom would always throw that bottle in my dad's face. Esa botella que tenés en el garaje. And we were like, what the hell? My dad wasn't a drinker. He wasn't. He wasn't a drinker. And, you know, it was like, what the hell? Is it like a... What what is that? But nobody asked, right? Because uh-huh. I mean, what are we gonna ask for? You know? And he has that what they get always the big fight. She always threw that shit in his face. It's like that was her arsenal of things to throw at him when she was really mad at him, you know. And when my dad passed, we found the 
those botellas in the garage. That's two, the two bottles. Yeah, two <laughs> bottles with alcohol and two big colas in, in the bottles. And that's what he used to put on his knees, my aunt told us. Just a tincture for topical application. That a he would put on his basically. knees, yes. The and oldest form of, of medicine of, that so, I know of. So I have to say that I guess I was enlightened like my daddy was, you know, because... And my mom sure was. And except at the end, when, when she was getting ready to die, she asked me one day that she saw she had just come out of a coma. And, you know, and she said that she says, is being on drugs like watching a movie in your head? You know, and, and I go, what do you mean? You know, she goes, yeah. She goes, you smoke pot. She goes, what? Which I never told my mom I smoked pot. Okay. <laughs> So she said, She's you smoke, but you, <laughs> she said, you smoked pot. She says, and you, 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 you didn't see like a movie in your head. You know, I don't know what poor thing, cause I wish I could have talked to her more about that, but she was in and out of, you know, consciousness at that yeah. point. But the interesting part was that, yeah, she said, you've smoked pot. Like, it's like she knew, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> you did the bad one. <laughs> you didn't use no poultice. You were smoking it. <laughs> yeah, I was smoking it. But only uh, when I was younger. And then after yeah. I got my daughter and all that stuff, you know, things changed. And then we, 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 um, we, I, again, I was, when I said my friend introduced me to it, but uh, the other times that, like, when I used it, I was drinking too, so I didn't really know how it was going to feel. So it was the best thing I ever did. And I appreciate her pushing me into it. Because it liberated me and gave me back my life, yeah. gave me back my quality of life. Because before then, I laid in bed for four years and withered in pain and was afraid to go outside because I had accidents. I would, like, have vomiting or diarrhea accidents. And, you know, it was really horrible. So I became a hermit. And then until I started using marijuana, um, did I was able to control that, you know, and, and to be able to, like, eat at right times and, you know, instead of, to live going a, all day, yeah, to yeah, live a normal, normal life, life. Yeah, yeah, to live a normal life. So it gave me back my life. And when I discovered that there were stores and, you know, and, and I discovered that I could open one, and then I became an advocate for the whole process because I was a believer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, the best example is the shiny penny, right? I mean, I'm like, <laughs> like not comparing myself to shiny penny, but, you, you are know, a shiny I, penny. I, I, I have lived you know, and, and you been know, able to yeah. defend and exactly. and create safe access in Los Angeles and, you know, help create. I mean, because there was a lot of us involved. It wasn't just me, but, but you know, I feel very good about, you know, going forth and defending this and standing up for cannabis for the medicine that it is, mm-hmm. you know, trying to bring respectability to it, trying to, you know, have serious you know, respectable, decent people see it for what it is, medicine, mm-hmm. and trying to educate the masses because now it's great. Now now everybody knows that, you know, marijuana is medicine. And if you're a politician and you don't know that, it's because you're ignorant and you should step down from your political position wherever the fuck you are. I, I don't, and I, and whoever is listening to this and it hits you, I'm Soviet because... <laughs> The future is full of cannabis in every way, shape, or form, economically and and and, and for health reasons and you know for so many things. I I'm I'm dying for hemp to come back. Yes. I, I I want hemp to come back because it's a renewable resource. And oh my God, the the only reason it doesn't exist is because some greedy motherfucker didn't want to lose a few 
hundred million dollars, you know, back mm-hmm. in the day. And, and and so the rest of us suffered because of him? The the planet suffers exactly. because of him? You know, no. And continuing, you know, there's still there's still stonewalling legislation yeah. that that would allow it to open up the production of hemp and and things like that. I agree. And that's ridiculous because yeah. hemp should be back. And that's the thing that, uh, you know, I, I'm most looking forward to. You know, is is hemp because it's going to help our planet. It's going to help us. You know. And, yes. And so, because of all the negative propaganda that that's happened. You know, and the Latino community being as dramatic, over dramatic as it is, you know, and and not wanting to change your ways. You know, there's still so many of us, of my people that are in the dark about cannabis, mm-hmm. still holding on to old, you know, thoughts about what it is and and how it makes you respectable or unrespectable. You know, it just... Yeah. And it, the systemic you know, bullshit that they have to deal with too, because just like blacks are more likely to be arrested. Mm-hmm. So the Latinos, in this area. Yeah. Exactly. So the yeah. Latinos. So, so the Latinos. And yes. it's an uphill battle. Yeah. Um, and, and which is one of the reasons why a really active community is going to be really necessary to help prevent a lot of those things to stand behind people who become arrested mm-hmm. and, and to, to share their voice but, that it's unjust. But if you, and you're right, you're absolutely correct. And and I think that my feeling is that if, I can, if we could educate the Latino community about how healthy marijuana is and how good it is for you or can be for you, then at the same time, we educate them about their rights mm-hmm. and about what they should be standing up for yes. and what they should be doing to help themselves, you know, not have to pay a 15% tax on adult use marijuana. Exactly. On top of all the other taxes. And all the other stuff like that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so that they can know, you know, if they, when it becomes personal, then people start caring. And yeah. that's the truth. The, the minute that somebody has an e a knee ache and they put some you know cream on their you know cannabis cream on their knee and then spray their knee with the cannabis spray and then the pain goes away then all of a sudden fuck they care they <laughs> care oh my god don't take away my cream my spray you know and that's how you do it you educate them about the the benefits of marijuana mm-hmm. the health benefits of marijuana and then they'll care about their right to use it and then they'll defend it and and, and, and um, I think that we're we're really good at defending what we believe in. Yes. You, the Latino community yes. is very passionate. About. Hispanics in general, Latino. Very passionate. <laughs> very passionate. So this misguided ideas that cannabis is bad and that some, somehow it's an evil thing could be, you know, like directed to a very positive thing that can become with the population explosion of us Latinos, you know, be one of the biggest powers in the world. Mm-hmm. Really, you know, I mean, it, it's just a matter of, of, of educating people and having them also step up. Yeah. Don't be afraid to be a weed dealer. <laughs> <laughs> well, and no, that's true because otherwise... Funny. How did I, I tell my mother-in-law that I'm going to start selling weed for a profession? <laughs> but that's so important to it's me. So No, you know, it's so funny because I was at a Democratic convention night 
of information thing the other day somewhere in, in South LA and and one of the ladies when I said what I did you know she pulled me aside she says you know she said my son is a college graduate he got a, a degree in business she says and he's trying to talk me into for the last couple of weeks what a good idea would be to get a license and start growing you know medical marijuana and she said I just don't know he he got his degree and why doesn't he why does she he want to do that oh he goes she he goes she goes I just don't know what to think about this she goes so is it profitable is it legal is it something that I can relax about with my son and I was like oh you know yes <laughs> but that's why mm -hmm. that's why look the day I opened my dispensary in Los Angeles I walked through the door and before I walked through the door I looked up I said sorry mom and daddy if you guys were here this would never have happened but did you not I'm on my own <laughs> Forward I go. <laughs> so, <laughs> because yeah. that would have been... And I, th because I think it's so important that a voice like yours is not just represented as a patient and as a citizen politically, but as a business owner politically as well. And I, I really want to make sure that uh, the profiteering doesn't happen on the backs of Latinos, yeah. but in the hands of Latinos uh, alongside everybody else. So... Uh, on that note, I think it's time to wrap it up. Thank you so much, Yami. No, you're welcome. Uh, El uh, Americans for Safe Access is the go-to mm -hmm. education place. Anything else? Uh, Just um, stand by. Good right? things coming. Keep <laughs> spreading the word. Yes, please. Awesome. Yes. Thank you, Yami. Whatever you Yay. Hey, wasn't that amazing? So I hope you can see how essential La Mama is to, to opening up communication though that's nothing new, right? Mom and mother figures and females in general have always played a significant role in creating the kind of educational culture that, that especially around healthcare, that passes down a more naturalistic approach and really instills change at that familiar level. So... Share it with your tia, share it with your prima, share it with your amiga, share it, share it, share it, share it. And I, I hope that uh, you find an empowerment through the healing powers of cannabis to be able to open up when you do feel that you're in a safe environment to share this incredible information. Now, at this time, I don't have the link to El Remedio, but I do have some written information from the Drug Policy Alliance that you can pass on, and I'll update the blog posting as soon as I can. The blog will be at thespliffpodcast.com, and it should be episode 39. Oh, I actually didn't write it down, and I didn't episode 38. Oh, I didn't write it down. Oh, well. There's a search bar if you need it, and I'm pretty sure if you just put in Spanish, it's going to pop up pretty quickly, and I'm going to update the link when I can. You know, I try to make myself available, so I've got the website, I've got the search bar uh, to try and make it a little easier to navigate through all the information. Uh, I'm on iTunes and anywhere that you can find podcasts as far as I know. And if you have a burning question you would like an answer to or a lack of resources you'd like to vent about and maybe uh, maybe 
want some input from me on uh, or would like me to address, I'd be more than happy to. And you can reach out to me on the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or send me an email at the spliff podcast at gmail.com. You can even call me at 209-867-7543. That's 209-86-SPLIFF to be fun. And uh, yeah, I like to think that's what I'm here for. And if you're so inclined, don't forget to subscribe because it really helps. And you can do that in iTunes or on the website. Subscribe to the RSS feed. And uh, feel free to leave a review on it, too. Oh, you can also comment on the web page. So you've really got no excuse not to reach out, you guys. I'd love to hear from you. Now, normally I would have a safety meeting to close this out if I could, but sorry, safety meeting has been postponed for tamale break. (laughs) Here's to hoping you were smoking, because I like to go out on a high note. Thanks for splipping it. Ciao for now.